fun when dad can't play it Bunch of things he can't hold on to A computer shapes his worldview What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Survivor. I'm your host, Sufjan Stevens. Good morning, everyone. How did you sleep? You just heard a song that has no correlation to the rest of this podcast at all. It's called Open an Egg, but we'll get to that as the storytelling progresses, don't you worry. I've been starting to wake up earlier to post these things. I heard uh, audio-only podcasts like to be listened to by people at work, school, commute, so I decided to upload these things, you know, a little early in the morning, so remember, 10 a.m. on Tuesdays, not every Tuesday. I'm, I'm trying my best. Speaking of trying my best, my guest today tried his best, and his best was a pretty darn good debut album. I met this gentleman through Gmail, and now he sits upon the throne of the big fish. Maybe that will give some of you hope that if you bother me enough, you'll get on the big fish as well. Just kidding. He was, he was not bothering me. Actually, the contrary, because I was introduced to an album I would have never heard if it wasn't for him. So enough jibber-jabber. Ladies and germs, put your hands together Grab a slice of your favorite cake and join me welcoming to the show, Nathaniel Phillip. What's up, Hello. Nathaniel Phillip? How are you today? What's up? I'm doing good. First question, right out of the gate. Yeah, go for Why it. Why is it Phillip and not Phillips, plural? Uh, that is my middle name. Ah, uh, gotcha. You'll also notice it, it. it's a single L, Phillip, which... It is a single L, Phillip. The That's... spelling was strange. Yeah. Because when I first talked about you on my uh, I Listenership Patreon, I called you Nath- Nathaniel Phillips because I was just like, yeah, that's how speech works. But quite the contrary, it's singular. Well, you put the little caption in there, which I, I did. Yeah, you I did, put you the did recognize the mistake. Because <laughs> I mean, if people are going to look up your shit, they're going to be like, who the, why can't I find anything about Nathaniel Phillips? Yeah, I mean, you know, one letter off, you'll fi- they'll figure it out. Yeah, they're smart kids. But Nathaniel Phillips joins us on the Big Fish Podcast. Nathaniel, how are how are you today? How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I uh, just got some tea here. Um, I, it will be cold enough for me to drink by the time <laughs> the podcast is over. What kind of tea? I have no idea. My Ooh. sister's really into tea, and I just uh. asked her to like put some things into a net <laughs> ball and then put it in water, you which I feel like some shit. that's that's how tea is meant to be drinking randomly. Drunk. Just like a random, random thing is diffused in water. <laughs> Bro, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a tea guy. I'm not either. But oh, really? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's nice. I like give it the old college try. I don't, I don't like tea. I like being a person who is drinking tea. You know what I mean? That is so facts. Like it's I've like, never understood, what, but that makes so much sense. It's like being a, like a 14-year-old kid and like wanting to people to see you drink beer but like beer is is disgusting at it's like age, the you shit know? you do like you get the wine glass but you'd fill it with apple juice so you're like yes sophisticated yes. yeah i always like swirl it around and smell it and like d- it's everyone a- does that bro yeah you want to be sophisticated when you're a little kid i feel like wine tasting is slightly bullshit in that way because i don't know how you i don't know what smelling the wine does I think it wasn't that there like a whole bunch of studies well, studies in air quotes where it's like, yeah, these wine tasting guys are actually full of shit and they cannot tell the difference between wines. I think I saw that in an Adam ruins everything. Episode. I think I saw it in an Adam ruins everything too. I think you jogged my memory. There we go. So if I gave you a bunch of teas, do you think you can uh, determine which one is which? Do you have that refined of a palate? 
I think I do all right. I like I like cooking, so I think I, I think I do all right. Oh, you're a big cooking guy. I love cooking. I love cooking too. Hell yeah! What, what was the last thing you cooked? Last thing I cooked, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, and it is not even close to authentic in any way. <laughs> but it's like Tom Ka Guy. I com- completely fucking. Of course, oh the audio God. only podcast. I got to pronounce <laughs> this thing. Um, it's like a Thai soup with mushrooms. It's like coconut milk based. Oh damn, um, bro! And I do not have the like lemongrass and stuff. You need to make the like proper like Thai or like paste, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I did my best with the like micro greens we had instead of parsley. <laughs> it's like, you just need some green thing in there. Yeah, some you know? green shit. It's close enough. Some green shit. Yeah. I put yeah. fish sauce in there. We have fish sauce. Ooh, so. Damn. When I thought, when I heard cooking, I'm like, oh yeah, he's probably like searing a chicken breast or something like that. A nice fettuccine Alfredo, but damn, you're busting out words. I don't even know how to pronounce. Uh, it's fish sauce. It's, um, fish it's, sauce. you know, fish and sauce. You combine the two. Oh, words. damn. I've yeah. never even thought about it's, that. It's, it's much easier than th- you think it is pronounced actually. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool though. I, uh, yeah. Big, big, big cooking guy. Well, I don't know if you've heard about the big fish sauce, but this is the big fish podcast and we're here with Nathaniel Phillip and, uh, Nathaniel Phillip. I got a question. Mm-hmm. Why are you here? Who are you? What do you do? Um, I am here because you invited me. Uh, Very true, yeah. Yeah, so that's why I'm here. <laughs> um, I'm here because I would like to be here as well. Awesome. So that's good. It was it was consensual. Um, I am a uh, musician, multiple instrumentalist, uh, but primarily like artist and composer. Um, I have just released a debut album, uh, and I'm here to promote it. <laughs> I'm on my media run and Big Fish Podcast first media stop. Media run, Big Fish Podcast. I do not know how to market like every good musician. So this is the media run, <laughs> and I'm gonna pretend like you know I, I've done this before. Uh, yeah, I think you're doing a pretty good job. I mean, we busted open a really good conversation about some fish sauce. You're doing great, man. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, I think I've seen enough other podcasts. That I can just to get the like gist. Recall it. You know? Yeah, you're kind of like, yeah, I got this shit. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I watched. I listened to every H3 H3 podcast to prepare for this. That was ah, the, that was the every single one. Damn, bro. They every got single like, one. How many episodes are they on? Like seven thousand. No I listened to like a handful of those. <laughs> I, mean, I listen when I like the guest. Oh yeah, of course. Just to get the dynamic down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I did to like learn how to do interview style podcasts. Just watch a bunch of interviews from people that I enjoy and kind of see how they interview. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, Sean Evans, he did, he was mm. a good job. But I'm not eating chicken wings, so it's like kind of a different right. dynamic. Right. I feel like Sean Evans is Nardward, but with chicken wings, and nobody <laughs> realizes it because there's that's so much a, focus on the chicken wings. That's a great comparison, actually. And how did I not like, think of Nardwar? Well, I, I I hope you don't go as hard as Narwar because uh, I don't I don't know what you could. Find. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I'm not in the feds like Narwar. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't have that covert information. Yeah, yeah. But Nathaniel Phillips, the I'll give a little backstory how we first interacted. Uh, it was through Gmail. The intro was not being coy. You told me about an album that you have created, and yes. most of the time when I get like uh, emails from people like, "Ao, check this out." Most of the time, it's like, hey, check out this artist that is not me. But you send in like, hey, I made this. 
and that intrigued mm-hmm. me. I was like, okay. And also, when people do send it to me and it's with them, like they made the music, nine times out of ten, it's very. It's like the classic Filthy Frank thing, like, hey, yo, check out my mixtape, man. But like, mm-hmm. you seemed very earnest and genuine, so I, I gave it, I gave it the old college try, and I ended up, I ended up really enjoying it. As a matter of fact, yeah. What yeah. was that album called? Uh, I'll die before the rest of me changes. Quite a intense title. When you when you told me this, yes. when I saw the title and like you texted, I was like, "Fuck, that's like a black metal album cover type shit." Like, I'll die yeah. before the rest of me changes. Yeah, I have been watch. I think a lot of the album, the album title, and the album cover itself, and uh, you pointed this out in the Patreon review you did. Uh, uh, that there, there, I, I was very uh, hyper aware of how a title and album cover looks online, just because I've been watching music, like uh, music discussion YouTube channels for so long. And there's that one, like the classic, you know, Nicky Jakey. Oh, absolutely! I love Nicky Jakey. Like that video he did on video game box chart, which oh, like it's a great video, great video, constantly in the back of my mind because mm. it's like. Compared to like, you know, when it was like you you made an album cover and you shot it in a in a vinyl shop, it's like the vinyl cover needs to be cool. Or if it's like in the '60s, it's just like, yeah, it's it's Aretha Franklin and all her hit singles <laughs> or whatever. Like it's just like a banner or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, and it, it, the the marketing I feel like has moved in a good direction where it's there's that like desire for like a really intriguing, mysterious uh, album cover and album title, and uh, I. I kind of tried to cater that into a way because I also love it. Um, I love the, I love good album covers. I love good album album titles. Um, and I think I did all right. I'm very excited to, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to, to have under, to, to have gone through the process once on the, on the sophomore, mm-hmm. uh, and do it again. I'm so, I'm so happy that you think that way about album covers. Cause I know a lot of people are just kind of, so so on album artwork and stuff like that but i mad respect especially that nakey jakey video how you fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. drop that shit mad respect because that's kind of the way i think about it too like yeah what's the most crazy thing that people can see where they say damn i got it what does it sound like well i was thinking i was watching actually your your super flat video because hey. that was that was one of the videos i checked out after i watched the i can't remember which one the injury reserve that i first saw yours mm, hell yeah dude and that one's intriguing to me because it's like it looks like it's it looks like the picture i like the kid in sixth sense draws to like scare tony oh yeah 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 where it's like oh honey what is this and it's like it's a little bean guy in a shirt <laughs> and he's bleeding out of his mouth it's a nematode. Yeah, it's a nematode. I I still not listen to the album. I'll admit that. I need to set a time set time aside to do that. But no, yeah, you the, need, yeah. E- either way, that being said, the album cover was like that's enough to hook me. Um, that's that's what I think. That's what I'm thinking about in the future. It's sort of like what what cultivates some sense of intrigue to the mystery of the image. Like what is. What is what is the story being told that is just enough that you're like, what's going on there? You know, like that is I have no idea. Like, I know that's what you need to cultivate. And I just like I'm trying to figure out how to do it. I think in the future I might hire somebody who, get you know, get some freelance work done uh, from somebody who 
actually knows how art works, how visual art works, and it's not just me like, you know what would be, it'll be cool and grainy and Gen Z is to shoot the album cover on a DSi XL Mario edition uh, camera. Oh, that's going to be, you know. The, that's what, okay, hang on. We're, yeah. we're skipping ahead a little bit here, but you're getting me, you're getting me into it. So this is actually, uh, I put this on my Discord that I was going to be talking to you. And uh, someone asked me a question, and it flows too perfectly, and I usually save these toward the end, but flow okay. too perfectly. Jackson Burns, he wants to know, uh, mm-hmm. what is your inspiration for your debut album cover, and what does it mean? I think I've been asking that question in my head for a very long time. What is the thing that I'm looking at? I'm s- so fucking curious. Okay, so... Uh uh, which should I answer? I guess the, the what is what is on it literally is uh-huh. a very blurry, circular coffee table with a tablecloth and like a little napkin and some silverware, and then a plate, and then uh, on top of it, sort of, uh, I guess literally photoshopped in, is this very blurry picture of cake. Mm-hmm. That is what is literally in the album on the album cover. Um, I went through a lot of iterations for that and took, I probably have 200 other photos I took. Holy shit. And this, the actual album cover ended up being the demo photo. The original plan was, it took me two nights. I went to a thrift store and bought all the, all the props. And then I just sort of shut up the mood lighting and then took pictures and um, the, sort of just some demo pictures to see how it would look in the lighting. And so I could sort of do some color grading on it and stuff. But the plan was to actually make bake a cake and then come back and frame the cake in the album cover. And sort of in testing out the demo photo, I just like photoshopped cake into it to see how it looked. And it's like a, a Getty Images like stock photo of cake yeah. that I sort of smeared across. And the first time I looked at it, I was like, I really don't think the, the direction of this cover is going well. I was like... We might be fucked. I spent, <laughs> I spent for me, which is a lot of money, like twenty five dollars at the thrift store to get like <laughs> this tablecloth and stuff. Um, and I went back the next day, and I, the 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 idea I originally had was I was going to bake two cakes. I baked a chocolate cake, and I baked a like a chocolate. The the actual cake is made of chocolate. It's chocolate frosting, and then uh, a yellow cake with vanilla or with a pink frosting. And the idea was place the cake in the plate. The, the chocolate cake in the plate and then smear the the pink cake on the the tablecloth so it was like why is there a uneaten chocolate cake when there's pink cake on the tablecloth yeah. that was my like cultivate the mystery idea oh bro you cultivated the mystery all right i'll give you that much yeah there's there's some good photos from that um but i was very indecisive i think i got it down to like three or four photos i was like any of these could could work let me fuck around with this more but then my mom, it was literally my mom wanted to put a QR code to listen to the album on our Christmas cards. Oh my so God, that's awesome. I put, I just uploaded to YouTube Unlisted as the, as like the, the whole album and something about seeing it in a YouTube video, because I put up the, the demo photo, which is the, the, the album cover, Yeah, yeah. which, which is now the, the yeah. Something about seeing it and hearing it with the music, my it, it went from like I don't know what we're doing over here. like are we are what are we doing to like oh this is the album cover it was it was just like the weirdest connotative flip in my own brain where it just like 180 and I was like oh this is the album cover and 
all the other cake photos, I like them in like sort of without the context of the music, but something about hearing the music and seeing the image, I was like, these fit together. I don't know why. And I was like, I've been thinking about the album cover literally since I knew this was going to be an album. Let me leave it at that. It feels like it, it, it feel it feels good to me. So I, I left it at that. Um, that is incredibly fascinating. That is, yeah, that's the story of how it came to be. Now, as for what it represents, let me take a swig of water first. Because <laughs> that's even longer. <laughs> um, I don't want to, like, I, w- I would like to keep my, like, uh, classy 90s musician interview ambiguity, like, it's up to interpretation, because mm-hmm. it is. Be as mysterious as you want. I what I will say and what I've tried what what I've I've uh, I've described is if you actually listen to the album, um, the album cover depicts the final scene of the album, but through the memory of the 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 main character who's in the scene, and if you listen to the song like uh, if you listen to the song Nostalgia King Memory Clinic, you'll sort of understand that these there are these memory clinics where you can go and relive your own memories as visceral as just having an experience. But through time, you know, you sort of, your memory sort of, reliving your memory sort of erodes uh, a lot of the detail and a lot of whatever. So in my mind, the actual scene that is happening being depicted in the album cover is like a bright, sunny day. You know, it's outside a cafe. There's visible silverware. There's whatever, a brighter tablecloth. But it's been relived so many times that only these two details of like, there's a table because there has to be because that's how eating things works. And there's a cake. But even those are like not really there anymore. Um, that was sort of that's the that's the story of the, the, the that's the lore behind it. Um, it goes a little bit deeper than that, but I don't know. I'm not I'm not saving a ton of ambiguity. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever. I was curious because the, the last track on here is uh, "Cake Wedge" track twelve, and I was wondering if that was a direct correlation for what we were looking at the album cover, and I guess that uh, kind of confirms it, right? Yep. <laughs> that was yeah that's the idea yeah the album cover is extremely fascinating like looking at it in a vacuum it's definitely if no one listened to this ever and you're looking at the uh youtube uh screen right now and you see the album cover is the image i'm using it's very like the color palette is so like washed out in green and blues and then it's the bright yellow and pink of the cake that mm-hmm. just seems so just intriguing i don't know if you did that on purpose but i th- i think it looks it it looks like a cursed album you'd find on Bandcamp. Like you hit the fucking nail on the head with that. Yeah, that was definitely the goal. And I don't mean to brag, but I I did that intentionally. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that was the goal. Uh, what did you just say? Uh, yeah, I think watching your review and and you said it looked a lot like um like a caretaker thing. I was like. I didn't do that intentionally at all, but looking at it like ash. I think it's because the color scheme, like the 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 color color scheme and like the memory theme, exactly the same. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even bring up the memory theme until like after I filmed the review. I listened to it again. I'm like, fuck, even talks about memory in this. I didn't even like. I didn't even put two and two together when I originally listened to it. Yeah, and it was not inspired by character at all. Like, I love the concept of character. I have yet to put in the time to actually listen to any of it. But I was not thinking about it at all. Yeah. No, I think it came out very nice. And since we're on the topic of album covers, I'm looking mm-hmm. at your uh, major streaming services. I'm on Apple Music. And yep. I see you have one song uh, released that in 2020. 
Hello Molly, which did end up on the album, which is track yes. six. Why is the album cover what it is for uh, Hello Molly single version? Because it looks very bright. It has reds and yellows when compared to the fever dream that is the uh, I'll Die Before the Rest of Me Changes cover. So, well, for two reasons. At that point, the narrative of the whole album was a little bit more loose because I did it like a year out. Um, but I don't know what was going through my... I, I genuinely don't remember what what I was thinking a year ago when I was like, yeah, the album would be done in time enough that I can put out a, I can put out a single. Yeah. Uh, because I don't think I written like the last three songs at that point. And the last three songs are like a fourth of the album. So I don't know why I, I don't know why I put that out so early. Um, but my sister actually drew that. And I basically, I basically asked her to listen to the song and like draw it while she was listening to the song. Oh, wow. That's really cool. And then I just told her sort of, the basic concept, which I feel like if you read the lyrics, it's fairly evident that, I mean, that it was inspired by, by like 2014 YouTube vloggers. Mm. So in my mind, that album cover is like, uh, I'm sorry, I should say it's about parasocial relationships with 2014 YouTube vloggers. So in my mind, that album cover is sort of what it, what you feel, the, the, the sort of this one-sided love you feel looking at or watching a, the, the vlogger that's that's sort of yeah or having having like a crush like having a parasocial crush on a vlogger and i can kind of see the like resemblance in the album cover a little bit this, this is a very nice album cover like it, it does look it's very nicely done i do have to say the, uh, tip, the single tip cover the hat to your sister yeah yeah, uh, yeah, single yeah, yeah cover yeah. tip of the hat to your your sister there yeah she did all the she did all the line work and then i i colorized it and i oh. think um it was the same process where she did she had a great base for it because it was it was all black and white, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't like black and white. I don't like black and white album covers that much because it's like the only time it works is like when you're a like a black death metal band, yeah, where fucking it's black like Norwegian black metal shit, where it's just like the album cover is just like you opening your eyes shocked and like a maggot comes out. Or <laughs> it's like that you can put in black and white because I don't want to see that in color. Exactly, classic. But but like I don't like I don't like I don't know. It, 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 uh, I didn't I don't like black and white for myself. So I just went. I set out to colorize it. I like she. She did it on like printer paper. So I scanned it in and um, tried to figure out how to colorize it. And I gotcha. think I accidentally filled the entire thing red. <laughs> and much like the actual album cover, I was like, "Do I like that? I think I really <laughs> like that actually." Uh, I guess the entire album cover is red now. Um, <laughs> and it ended funny. up kind of contrasting with the the actual album with the red and the blue sort yeah. of. Yeah. It, it is kind of like complete opposite color palettes when you look at it. Yeah. It's very striking. I was just curious about that, but I think it worked pretty nicely. Yeah. Uh, quick question before we dive uh, into the actual album. Uh, I I feel like I'm not allowed to listen to this because uh, this is only for fish people and their friends. Mm. This is the Big Fish Podcast. This is the Big Fish Podcast. All right. You know what? I'm allowed to listen to it. And if you so, guys listen to I'm it. I'm not sure what you're talking about here. And all everyone, everyone listening is i assume a friend <laughs> that is very true that's so everybody. why is your uh your label fish people and friends so uh when you go on district kid to upload an album and you think you have all your information prepared and then they <laughs> want a label and you're i think at the time not no i think i was old enough to start a business i don't remember <laughs> uh i was like uh, i don't have a record label and i made that up and then i kept it because it's sort of still funny to me um, 
show. But I put that. I put that's a little Easter egg for the for the for the real fans who bother to know that it's notice the record label. No, yeah, that's I right. love looking at because yourself released. I mean, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. And I love looking at the uh, the uh, record labels down there to see what they put. And most of the people have like you know just their name or like if it's you get the basic DistroKid package because I use DistroKid myself. It's like the DK seven three four seven nine eight two four or whatever. Right. But I, I saw that and it gave me a little giggle when I first saw it. I was like, "Fish people and their friends." I actually, I actually like that a lot. That's good. I was, I was like, I was worried tonally about it, but I was like, "Fuck it!" Like, you <laughs> you listen to the whole album a couple of times, you'll you'll ha- have heard it in completion, and then you mm-hmm. were like, "Oh, that's fun." The record label's at yeah, because I was in my mind for some reason. I thought it was going to be like you're halfway through. You're like halfway through. Should have had a mother. Which if you listen to the album, you'll know why that's mm-hmm. a song you don't want to tonally interrupt. Yeah, and you're like, man really vibing with this what's the record label and they'd be like fish people and their friends <laughs> and you laugh super hard and super long and it would just like completely ru- ruin the emotional momentum i spent building up the album that was my fear uh, i don't think that will ever happen no um, no, no, no so i think no. even i think fish people and friends seems almost like eerie in a way like you can spin it in an eerie tone like fish people and their friends like these aquatic creatures that shouldn't be alive and their friends like you yeah. could sw- you could turn that in a str- in a, like a weird eerie way, which you can kind of fit when if you listen to "Should Have Had a Mother" and you read that, you're like, oh, you're, I don't think you're gonna laugh. I think you're gonna be like, oh wow, this is this is something I'm not prepared for. Yeah, I think that, <laughs> when you said it, I was like, it's almost like you're racist towards fish people. Like, <laughs> Those fucking fish people. Fucking but then you add people. the and their friends, and it's like, uh. Maybe they're old and don't know a more PC term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like just trying to be polite. That's just, <laughs> people I don't know why that came to my mind. Also, if while we're talking about the metadata that you put into DistroKid, why is this filed under pop? Uh, it's a pop record. <laughs> mm, uh, I, I can make a case for that. They don't have art pop as a thing, True. and there wasn't there wasn't enough like rock. In it. Yeah, like different. Yeah, okay. I can, so I, can see that. I, 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 I call it an art pop record because it's not a straight up pop record. Obviously, um, I think of it like a Radiohead record. Not that it sounds that much like Radiohead, but just because they have such a disparate collection of like timbres and instruments over their yeah, yeah catalog. Yeah. Like I think of it like to me, it, it, it the the collection of instruments is like um, Hello Thief. Where it's like there's some uh, songs that are just acoustic guitar, and there's some songs that are the full band, and there's some songs that are weird synthesizer bits, mm-hmm. and I would call that record an art pop record. So I call this one an art pop record. Again, I don't think it sounds like anything ha- to, like Hail the Thief, because uh, I don't want people to think that I'm comparing myself <laughs> to Radiohead uh, for obvious reasons. But uh, that that was just part of my thought process. Because otherwise, I have no fucking clue how to categorize this. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because I, th- I feel like anything I would have looked at in the genre tag, I would have been like, that's not that because it is so many different things. And that's kind of what I was hoping you'd get at when I was bringing up the genre label for people who don't know anything about you. G- can you give them like an elevator pitch about what this album is? Um, I can give you the elevator pitch, the elevator it, pitch. Hell yes. So I'll die before the rest. Of, let's see if I can remember it. Cause I've typed it out so much. I'll die before the rest of me changes is a dystopian, uh, coming of age slash family drama art pop concept album uh, about a father and son coming of age in uh, the weird and surreal 
digital dystopia that is the internet age. I, I really I should probably have read the the cleaner thing out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's the basic idea. Uh, yeah. It's a very interesting topic when you think about it, especially with the instrumentation like riddled all throughout this. It is very it, you do have a lot of electronic bits and like synthesized bits, but there's also like human bits in it, like your voice obviously and the guitar yeah. tones and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's very like, fascinating. Um, yeah. I really like melding those things. I love like I just love a Every, I think just because I grew up on the internet, I just love every genre of music except for right now, classical music is the one I'm trying to get into. It's hard for me to get into classical music too. Classical and jazz, but jazz is like, you know, uh, Dave Brubeck and Take 5 is technically jazz, you know. I get, like Take 5 to jazz is what like for Elise is to classical music, but I feel more jazzy listening to Take 5 than I do for Elise, you know, you know what I'm saying, like. I think jazz also has that sample history behind it with the hip hop community, so you can kind of just yeah. like trick yourself and like, oh, it's yeah. kind of this kind of hip hop. The Tribe Called Quest made jazz so much easier, and there's like one big pun song. There's one big pun song, and then uh, Dances with the Devil, or whatever that song's called. Mm-hmm. But you're not listening to the sample when you're listening to Dance with the Devil. So exactly. there's the one big pun song. Would you mind if we delve pretty deep into this album because it is kind of a quite a quite a box to unpack please do I've, right. I've been i think about i thought about this moment when i was 16 or 17 when i started this and wow. well how old know, do you know i'm 19 now i turned 19 uh, gotcha pretty recently oh congrats happy birthday <laughs> thank you. happy late birthday oh thank you, you like a thank you. bright piece of pink cake um no pink <laughs> cake frosting is disgusting don't what? smear it on unwashed thrift store tablecloths that is yeah, I would be very curious to see the the after photos for the fucking yeah. chocolate cake and all that shit, just like smothered I can, in it. I mean, I can I can send them to you if you want to see. You know, unironically, I, I, I would like to. I would like to see. Yeah, them. yeah. I got to figure out. They might be on a different computer, so I can send <laughs> it to you after the podcast, and you know, yeah. people can people people can check them out. Okay. All right, so let's let's really dive into this thing. Let's let's preferably go. let's go track by track because there's a lot track of track by track. Here. Let's let's fucking do it right now. Track one, postpartum depression. Yes. Tell me the story about this. Um, how it was made, or the actual story, the the actual narrative. Give us both. Okay. The basic rundown of the narrative is sort of an expositional thing. It sets up the story. Uh, you're introduced to mainly the father character, um, Ash. You you know the son character is born, but it's mainly the, the father character. That's how, that's all I'm going to say about it. Narratively, um, the actual making of the track. Uh, I think one of this riff. This riff actually came about the the, the opening riff. If you listen to the, the the album, the the riff I describe in marketing documents as the riff is going to uh, punch you in the face and then kick you while you're down. That's sort of the 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 thing I wanted. I think um, I was listening a lot. To one Stone Temple Pilots song called Down because I heard it on the Guitar Hero DS soundtrack and mm-hmm. I just got obsessed with it. Um, or that, I think that, I actually can't remember if that 
I have no idea what the relation to that was. It may have been around when I was writing this. The actual riff came about in like the perfect way riffs come about, where it's not like anytime you're like, man, I really want to do a riff like that, you will never get a riff. But it was just sort of like jamming on correctivism, actually. If you listen to correctivism during the part that I can only describe as, and this might be a little loud, but I'll back up the microphone. I can't. Okay. Nope. It's not going to work. I just, <laughs> this is a problem with the instrumental song. That sounded insane through Discord. Oh, my God. It, like, pitched up your vocals. That was crazy. So, okay. Hopefully, that's not piercingly loud as it is. Okay. If you listen, there's one. You'll If you listen to it and you're like, where's the beatly beatly part? You'll hear this, like, super high guitar. Underneath that, there's this bass line that's like, dan, 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 dan. It's like in 3-4 or something. I can't remember what I did. Um, and that, it sounds, if you if you listen, you, you're like, that sounds a lot like the riff to uh, postpartum depression. And that's because they are very similar. Uh, because I developed the riff from postpartum depression out of working in corrective vision. But I was like, I'm just going to keep both of them in because they're different enough. Because one's in 3-4 and one's in 4-4. Four, four, and I like both of them in both songs too much. Um, and I'm allowed to I'm allowed to plagiarize my own riff because I wrote it. Absolutely. Um, and then it's actually played in a, a bass, which I, I when I did it I, when I when I was able to produce a riff that sounded that good, I, I imagine people would be surprised by that. Like when you tell people that Seven Nation Army was like when Jack White tell, yeah, tell, yeah, tells yeah. people that Seven Nation Army is on a guitar, on guitar. That mm-hmm. was that was a, that was a moment I told them for like it's on a bass. <laughs> It's not like drop C. Whoa. It's not a bass. What the um, fuck? What? What kind of science um, is this? What kind of black magic is this? Yeah. It's on like a $150 like rental bass. Um, yeah. Uh, so I came, I came up with the riff first and then I came up with the bass line for the second part of the song. And my, 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 um, I, w- I was, once I started, once I realized I was like, this riff is too good not to put at the start of the album. I started thinking about, thinking about it like, um, uh, Loveless, my bloody Valentine with um, what's the opening track of that called? Oh shit, uh, that's escaping me. What's it called? Um, uh, oh, this is gonna kill me. What is it? On, on, only shallow. That's what only it is. shallow. Yeah, that Thank was killing you. me. Yes, uh, I, I conceptualized a lot like only shallow, where it was like only shallow is a great riff, and then a part that I don't like as much as the riff, uh, but I learned to love. And that is how I can. That's how. That's how I conceptualized this. I was like, it's just A B A B A B, and then they have a little like some noise after it, and I have yeah, to like yeah. bass f- feedback, which that part wasn't intentional originally. But uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say about the about the the making of this song. I think the only part that I will draw people's attention to because it's sort of far back in the mix is in the second verse. You'll hear these like very intense synthesizers that are like like a Van Halen type synthesizers that are just very blaring i put them far back in the mix because i don't want to that's where they sounded good to me but mm-hmm. i was like i do still remember the night i came up with the, this the, this these two chords where it's just like this very low octave and then this very high thing that you'll hear that are still on there uh and i was like oh finally this is a song because it was like i had a riff and then you know riffs a riff but then i just couldn't figure out this b section I was like, I had this bass line, but the bass line sounded enough. And then I played those chords. I was like, oh, now it's a song. And then it took me another couple months and fussing around with it till it, you got to the point where it sounds like it is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, no, that's, that's, that's the background info. No, the opening track was like a great mood setter for it, which 
transitions nicely into Open an Egg, which is uh, my favorite song, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I can love I, Open an Egg. You mentioned, obviously, the, the chopped up vocals at the start, but uh, how do you feel about like the piano B section and like the final part of it? I think the piano B section is a nice little bring down. I mean, obviously, I do really like the uh, the chop, the chopped up. What the fuck is that chop part, by the way? So the chop part is... Um, uh, I I don't I, I this is a, a secret. Don't tell the lawyers this. Um, it is because because it's a legal gray area. If yeah, if you want to, you could just so say that it's a uh, okay. Yeah, it's it's a big artist who you definitely know, who I put into an AI program. So technically, it's not a direct sample. This is why I'm I'm willing to say this on a podcast. Holy shit! I put this into an AI thing. It's uh, Google's Open AI jukebox something like that uh, yeah I think it's, yeah jukebox um and it spat out this like weird ass thing but there was like one so i was just like really into hip-hop sampling and i had my like little teenage engineering pocket operator so i just po- popped it in and just fudged around with it until i came up with this vocal thing so it is mystery big artist song put through an ai program uh, that like, I don't know if you've seen videos online where it's like AI tries to guess the rest of smells like teen spirit. Yeah. 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 It was like, I, I saw one. It was like, AI tries to get, guess a uh, SpongeBob theme song. Yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. So that those videos I imagine are, are AI jukebox because that is what AI jukebox does. You put in audio and then it, uh, tries to figure out what the rest is. So I basically put in this song and, uh, it, what it spat out was what I I just I was like this sounds awesome because it was like the first time I'd ever done it, um, and I put it in the sampler and I chopped it up, and I was like, uh, this sounds cool. I don't know if I can sing anything over it, and then I just sort of riff sung over it. I think I have a voice memo somewhere where it's you can hear like the pocket operator played through the really tinny spin- speaker, and I'm like trying to sing quietly so it doesn't I don't overpower it. Yeah. Um, wow. And that vocal melody changed just because I. I made it and then set it down for like probably a year and a half. No, sorry. What am I saying? <laughs> sorry, yeah, the the sorry the the I worked on the the actual vocal melody. It's probably like a year actually. I, I I did all the other instrumentation part. I had the B section of the piano and the guitars and stuff. The actual vocal melody I didn't sing because I didn't write the lyrics for it until like a year after I came up with it. So I just was like trying to recall the melody. And I sung it wrong than the original voice memo, and I prefer it. I like double. Ch- I was um, after I recorded it. I was like, or, or like like two weeks after I recorded, it, I was like, wait a second, there was a voice memo with the melody we should have been doing. Let me double check, and it was like way worse than the, than what's on the album. So I was like, no problem with that. Let's really? keep it nice. Damn. Yeah. You you need to promise me this, the second we stop recording, you need mm-hmm. to tell me who this artist is because okay, th- I am incredibly fascinated. That was that's probably the. The coolest thing you could have told me, how you got that sample, like an AI generated. That's insane. It is, AI is the direction I'm looking to move forward. Like that was, that was sort of like, whoa, what is this? And the more I've moved and the more I'm trying to figure out what to do, like to make new music, like mu- like act, like new, new like music I haven't heard before, it's, it's the direction I'm going is in AI because it's just sort of like the logical thoroughfare is like, Got to lean into it. Nobody, nobody, I, I, there have been some AI albums and stuff like that. Um, 
And if you look up like Data Botch, they're, they're just currently they're doing this like a John Coltrane free jazz stream, twenty four seven, where you can just hear an what an AI AI free jazz. Um, but I think uh, the direction I'm looking to move is trying to figure out how to make these like weird AI snippets into like actual music and something weird and new. That would um, be incredible because I am I'd, a huge fan of that. Yeah, th- yeah, I, I think we're we're somewhere in that way. I think this 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 moment was this like incredible luck. That sample was so fucking lucky, because I did it. Because first off, that was the first sample I ever did out of the program, and I've been playing around with it more. There's easier ways to go about it now. Um, it took it takes like depending on how long the sample was, and I didn't know what I was doing, so it was a long sample. It takes like 90 minutes to generate a sample, and it's like super low bit rate. It's like it sounds like you're playing it through like if you broke like a tiny like tinny ass speaker and you broke it a little bit like it's you can barely tell what's going on so you're like that melody sounds cool but like that's it and then it take it, it took like i think four or five hours to upscale to that quality of sound audio that's actually on the album so i did it a couple more times and it was just complete garbage the the, the next couple of times it was it was interesting i was like this is really cool but it was like i couldn't ever do anything with it it was just one of those things uh, in making music for me. This happens a lot. Where like the first time you do you you do something, the first time you play a new guitar, the first time you play piano in a while, the first time you try at a, like a MPC or something like that, like you have to be recording because yeah, you yeah, will yeah. you will capture. There's something about it that there's always something new that comes about from it, um, and that was very much the case with this this sample. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's I'm I'm just still like in so intrigued by the explanation you just gave. Yeah, these are so so detailed and intricate explanations. I could really tell that you've been like wa- working on this for such a long time, and in it a, shows in the, in the basement music too. Yeah. yeah, in a basement, it's classic crawling out from the underground. Yep, yep. Gotta love love my basement. <laughs> Everyone loves their basement, man. It's the it's the home. That's where awesome albums get made. I got. I spent so much time, especially as quarantine rolled around. I still work on this. Oh yeah. Like I got over my fear of centipedes. Like Ooh. they still, they still like jar me if I see them. I'm not expecting them. But now, now I'll be like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh hey, little guy. Like <laughs> that's, that's how I am every single that's time. That's fucking powerful. If you because I had, fear. I had a fucking dream where this is very random. This is just how much how much time I spent in that basement. <laughs> I had a I had a dream where. I squashed a centipede, just because that's what you do, just knee jerk, and then this huge, like, triple human size centipede, oh. human size, not human centipede, but like a, like a human, like, yeah, like yeah, a large yeah. ass centipede, um, comes up to me, and I don't know if I can't remember if it, was, it was a dream, so it's like I, I it in some way communicated to me like, hey, that was my child. If you do that again, I will fucking kill you. Be be empathetic to these these living creatures or something like that. Like that's. It was very threatening, but then ended with like, you know, think of think of others. Golden rule. Um, and I woke up, and I think I probably made a poem out of it. I made a poem out of it at some point. I don't know if it was right as I woke up, but it just always stuck with me. And I was like, I'm I'm just gonna leave them alone, because <laughs> in that basement specifically, there was in, infinity centipedes every night, every other night. There'd be there'd be centipedes down there. Killing them did no difference. They would just sort of wander off. So I was like, all right. I guess I guess I'll do that. The classic: if you can't um, beat them, join them. Pretty much. Um, yeah, that's yes. Yeah. So that's how long I spent in the basement. Is that I started empathizing with centipedes. Nathaniel uh, Philip, you are a fascinating individual. 
Thank you. Thank you. You are extremely fascinating. Thank you. I I, I try very hard to <laughs> to be a real depth of mind juice. That we've been talking for like forty five minutes, and I don't even think we've. <laughs> like breach this the surface of the mind juice that's floating around in your noggin <laughs> good good <laughs> hey you yeah, should listen like to my it. album because it's yeah. like if i took the mind juice and then took all the parts where i ramble off of it you put it into a cocktail and uh, a drank it yeah i took that mind juice i put it into a uh into a sauce pan and then i cooked all the water out of it so you get this yeah, nice you like, simple it. syrup i there reduced you that shit into a simple syrup then I'm like, hey, what do you want? What do you want? Okay, have a little, you know, little, little vodka or something, little, little lime. Put, put in the syrup. Perfect amount. Perfect lime. <laughs> That's the album. That's the album. It's, it's a mind juice syrup cocktail. <laughs> what um, a song on the album do you think is has the most mind juice on it? Instead of going track by track, I'm curious which one do you think has the most mind juice riddled throughout it? So we can talk about my favorite track, and we can talk about the one that has the most mind juice on it. The one that has the most mind juice on it, I would say is either open an egg or family meeting open an egg because that track had sort of accumulated from like the the song loosely is about growing up with the internet and in my case it was sort of based off my uh uh experience with being on youtube and not liking youtube like this is before tiktok tiktok made all the problems i had youtube all the problems I had with YouTube usage worse, but like YouTube was very much my vice growing up. And so it's just sort of like catharsis for years and years and years of being frustrated with how much time I spent on YouTube instead of doing something more productive. Like that's sort of like the last sort of bluesy scream bit I do at the end is sort of a release from that. Um, so that has a lot of mind juice on it. Um, I think the other thing is, uh, the, uh, sorry, family meeting the other track that has a lot of mind juice on it. it has a lot of mind juice on it just because it's, I think like almost, I think it's three seconds from bringing 12 minutes along, which I still regret now not <laughs> adding three more seconds of something just to make it 12 minutes. Um, just like, just at the end, um, put a little YouTube outro at the end just so it's three extra seconds long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so family meeting basically is, in my mind, family meeting was... Two people sit down to have a conversation, but instead of actually hearing each other, there's a huge, massive, very obvious divide between what they're saying, and um, they just sort of monologue and explain what's been going on with them at each other, but they don't actually hear each other. They don't get to respond to each other. They don't get to really understand each other that, that better. They just sort of say what they've been thinking about in isolation for a very long time at each other and don't actually communicate. That was sort of the conflict of the song. And if you actually listen to it, it's very much a, um, sing about me. I'm dying of thirst thing where that's a very long 12 minute song. And there's a beat switch up halfway through. Uh, it is, that is the only similarity to sing about me. I'm dying of thirst, obviously, uh, Mm -hmm. just sort of that. I was like, Oh, it'll be like, it'll be like that where it's very long. And then there's like a beat, a beat switch up halfway through. Um, yeah, I think that song was... That song, I think the, the thing I'll say about that song, because I thought, this is what I thought about when I was writing it, is, is that, like, I was I was starting therapy while writing that song, and when you start therapy and you start 
thinking about yourself in a like very self-aware therapeutic way, you uh, you just realize a lot of things about yourself um, and sort of your patterns and stuff like that. And that can be a really interesting process and it's like the first step towards growth. And so I thought that'd be interesting. It wasn't necessarily therapy, but maybe the, the, the dad character just comes to some epiphanies and can sort of explain some things that like I need to be said for expositional reasons or just like before I go into this big, huge breakdown where he just, uh, you know, if you listen to the album, he declares some, he says some things that have been building up with him since the start of the album. Um, but the challenge, I guess the challenge that, that was there was sort of like picking the, finding the balance between like show, not tell like the classic writers golden rule of like, don't just have the character explain their emotions and having a character who is analyzing themselves in a therapeutic way because they come off very similarly. Um, uh, you know, if, if, if you have a, if you have a person who's just like, yeah, I'm really sad right now, that could be because it's a bad writer who's just having the character say that they're very sad or it's, um, a character who is self-aware that they're sad enough because they've sort of been thinking about themselves in this way. Um, but if you aren't careful with it, it could come off either way. So I think what I tried to do was make the father character self-aware in a therapeutic way, but like overarchingly, he just contradicts himself a bunch and doesn't ha- doesn't get the full picture and says some things that are hurtful and I don't know. Try to try to thread that needle because I feel like I've not seen a lot of movies that do thread that needle where you have a very self-aware character um, where they're not, they're, but but it doesn't feel like they're. Uh, telling and not showing. I'll, that, I think that's a completed thought. <laughs> I need to drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, take a breather. I was extremely deep and esoteric. I, I love it. So those were the two with the most brain juice. You were mentioning your favorite. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite song? My favorite song is Should Have Had a Mother. Um, I... I don't think it was the song I worked on the longest. The, actually, the weird thing was the song I worked on the longest was Kappa, um, which is like a 40-second interlude. That was, wasn't the first thing I came up with, but that song, or that riff, that like little synthesizer line I came up with that just loops throughout that interlude, I put in so many different fucking contexts. I try to make it work in so many different ways. I started off where it was like, it was the, the A section and then the B section was just like Nirvana grunge thing. And like, I tried to make it like, what else did I do? There's a, there's a demo I have where it's like a five minute, like almost swans buildup thing. Like, like I, I was listening to uh, Oxygen a lot. So I was like, oh, it's this really dissonant chord that builds up and builds up and builds up and then goes right back into that riff. And nothing worked. I was like, the only thing that I've liked about any of the, the only thing I've liked about any of the songs I've made where this is the motif is this motif. So I was like, I guess it's just, I guess it's got to be a 40 second interlude. Or it's, or it's not 40 seconds necessarily, but just an interlude. Um, but I, it was funny to me that that took the longest. Um, anyway, my favorite track, Should Have Had a Mother. Obviously a emotionally, uh, a song with a lot of emotional turmoil. Um, excuse me. Um, and I just like it because it took a very long time to work out the kinks and it was a song that it's a lot like I think how Tom York described writing everything in its right place where I was just banging my head against a wall for so long trying to uh, 
make make this song work. I started on electric guitar, and there's a bunch of other percussion and stuff like that. And then I was like, oh, this needs to be a like, um, uh, what's it? What's the Nirvana song he does at, on the MTV thing? Ooh, you were uh, you were asking the wrong uh, guy about Nirvana. Okay. Oh, shit. Oh, shoot. Uh, where, where did you sleep last night? Yes. Where did you sleep last night? Um, he does the, the, the MTV Unplugged thing. Uh, are, you, are, you not a, are you not a Nirvana fan then? Or? I haven't really delved too much into him. I wouldn't say I'm not a fan. I just haven't really explored too much. Okay, okay. Do you know uh, where did you sleep last night? Do you know what, Have you seen that MTV performance? I don't think I have, but I'm intrigued to watch it now. Okay. Uh, it's sort of like... Nirvana, this is not a great analogy, but it's like sort of, it, it makes you feel the same way that like, um, what, uh, uh, exit music for a film does, um, similar sort of like, it's like, it's like Nirvana's that in a way where it's like very long acoustic ballad mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, it's a cool acoustic ballad. And the ending is just like, wow, I'm bawling my eyes out right now. Yeah, like I'm yeah, so, yeah. you know. That's sort of what it's like. And the the Nirvana one was a lot more just like acoustic the entire time. There wasn't like any weird Radiohead synth, synth shit. Um, I say synth shit endearingly. Um, and uh, I was like, I, there, was part of me, there was part of my dumbass younger self that was like, I want to be Kurt Cobain and make a very emotionally affecting <laughs> song. Because fucking who doesn't, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, Absolutely. So there was a little bit of that in it. And I'm glad I took that I took it I, I I went in with that like dumbass naive mindset but I somehow accidentally understood how to like pace it and so it sort of worked out where I was like I paced this song it has this very long three minute like no drums and then it comes in and um, the drums are very almost exclusively inspired by um, James Gatson who plays um, with Bill Withers you know the, you know the Bill Withers song Use Me Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a live version he did on um, what's it called? The Gray Whistle Test Book, the Gray Whistle Test, something like that, something like that. Um, and it's just like it's one of my that performance of it is like one of my favorite songs of all time. It's like James Gatson does one thing and it's like sixteenth note, like like that type of drumming, and he does it exceptionally. He's a human. I, calling him a human drum machine is like an insult because like a drum machine has no groove. Yeah. He is just he and Bill Withers and the whole band are just like locked into an insane degree. And as a as a person who as a as part as as part drummer, I I, I am in awe of it every time I watch it. But I was like, let me take that sort of beat and combine it with where you sleep last night. And then I tried to like do the Nirvana thing. Where I was like, I'm just gonna be like I'm gonna be really sad. I'm gonna be really sad. And when I'm really sad. I'll set up all my microphones and record with guitar and singing over this bass line and drums that I've already pre-recorded. That'll work. I tried that a lot. I did not warm, vocally warm up at all. Um, there were many nights where I like had to take a steamy shower and like drink a lot of tea just to recuperate from screaming as much as I did. Um, and I was just like, I really want this song to work. I put it on the back burner for multiple times I went back into it didn't work put in the back burner it's like let me just try pre-recording the guitar let me just try recording the guitar and singing the vocals separately and that the night I tried to record vocals over that that's I think the final thing in the album because it was just it just clicked I was like oh 
I can play guitar and sing at the same time, but I can't perform and play guitar at the same time. You know, like if it was like a coffee house thing, I'll play the album guitar and sing that. Sure. But like for the actual album where I need to be that in it, in this character, I need to not be playing an instrument. I need to be like acting. And so like I physically, my physicality, I try to make very much like I took a lot of cues from, um, voice acting thing shit on YouTube where it's just like, don't be, don't be like static, just, you know, sitting in a chair, you know, singing along. Like I sat on my couch and was just sort of like, tried to get into the, like into a, uh, a position that I'd, I'd be in if I was like really, my mind was just like, why, why the fuck does my son not have a mother? You know, like why the fuck is that how life worked out? Like getting into, getting, getting into a position sitting on the couch where I was just like, my, my brain could be primed for that sort of existential question as a character. And then just like got up and was like, I know I uh, now got to do the part where I just, uh, I just want to raise my boy. Right. I say that a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, get to the, get to the point where I can get to that emotional climax. Um, and really get it with a physicality. Did that all make sense? I think that made sense. I'm uh, soaking it all in. That made a lot of sense. Actually looking back on the album. Yeah. And the, I still, one of my favorite parts of that song, in addition to the beat, because like, just as a person who loves grooves, I think, because I cannot fucking play that 16th note groove again as good. I don't know what magic, I don't know what coke I snorted for that. <laughs> I was just like in the pocket enough that like once the bass line and guitars were added, it just, I was like, oh, this groove excellently. I, I don't know what happened to my 16th note stuff. It just, it's, it's deteriorated so much since I recorded that. But it was just like perfect moment in time. Everything came together very nicely. And I think um, one of my favorite points of that is uh, the I just want to raise my boy right thing. Because I wrote it and I was like, it was like a, when I actually wrote it, it was like a major discovery of the character. Um, because before there was no ambiguity. For, for me, the, the father character, I mean, you know, there's some things revealed. For me, the father character. Like, I, didn't, I hadn't written Family Meeting at this point. If you listen to Family Meeting, you can sort of see where the father's head is at. But up until that point, the father was just, like, a very sad man who was trying his best. And once I wrote that line, I was once I wrote the, um, uh, I just want to raise my boy right, I was like, eh, is he, like, a Vietnam, like, 60s, like, oh, these hippie kids, get him out of here. Like, is that is that his character? Like, the... This, the story set like 20 years in the future so is that a prevailing attitude that he has and then i just like repeated it again i don't know how i came up i don't know what i did specifically but i was like oh in repeating it and like screaming it and giving it that like dynamic build it wasn't that he was this is the thing that's so interesting for me was it wasn't that he was actually saying i just want to raise my boy right he was trying to convince himself that he wanted to raise his boy right and that was like oh shit that's who this father character is. That's why he's a little disingenuous. That's why he's sad. That's why he he is as as much caught up in his work, and the 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 performance of uh, social media uh, with his family because you know he uh, is sort of performing as a father, and he's like he really wants to be like. He really wants to actually want to be a father. This is I'm, this is spoiler for the album at this point, but I'm going to go into it. Um, please listen to the album right now if you're still listening, because um, I'm going to spoil it. Uh, he he really wants to be. Or, or, sorry, it's not that he really wants to be a father. Or, uh, or, sorry, 
he really wants to, to want to be a father. And he just can't get himself over that hump. He's doing all the work to make it to, to sort of like seem like, you know, to, to, to perform as a father. And, you know, I just want to raise my boy with discipline because that's what fathers say. But like that was the moment where it was breaking a little bit and he just has to convince himself and just yell it at himself until he fucking believes it. Like that was that moment. And then it's too much for him to take a little bit. And so he switches over to redirecting his anger at his mother instead of maybe going a little bit deeper into that and being honest with himself. And that's sort of the second half of the song. And uh, as a teenager with no acting experience, with very little writing experience, that moment of writing was like, oh, we're doing it for real now. I sound like Zendaya talking about euphoria right now. Like, we're doing it for real now. And, you know, I love, I fucking love scream singing it. And it was just like a ton of fun. And it was just like, one of the one of the moments that's like that got me through a lot of the other hard parts about making it and one of the things that like was cemented me as like I love art I love making art I'm an artist because this moment was so fucking satisfying to write that and then to to, to scream sing it when I actually I actually got to perform it um that's why that's why I should have had a should have had a mother is my favorite song wow also the, the music and the groove is just I fucking love it's a lot to take in I like it though. I really do like it. Good, good. What what do you want people to walk away from this album thinking? Um, I don't know if I want them to think a specific thing. I just hope that people can interpret it or find something in it or I like I I don't know if I how well I conveyed any particular message because everything I kept fairly ambiguous but I don't know just like maybe some catharsis on finding it difficult to communicate with family members or something like that or catharsis about feeling unproductive because you spend too much time on the internet and just sort of like really because a lot of times when I'm like when I'm like uh, I'm on TikTok too much everyone's like yeah everyone is on TikTok too much shut the fuck up or like yeah, everyone's depressed because they're on TikTok too much. Like, so no one is, you know? Like, you the, you are no more, whatever. And for me, it was like, I feel like it's more than, like, I spend too much time on TikTok. Like, there's a, there's a, I'm very deeply bothered by this. It's just built up over time, this this anger and, and frustration with it. How do I put that into a, how, how do I put that into song? I think that's sort of what I try to do with the opening ref, refrain of, or sorry, the, the ending passage of Open an Egg. So hopefully some catharsis with those moments. Um, I guess that's my answer. There's nothing really specific that I want people to think. Nathaniel Phillips, before I let you off the hook of this Big Fish podcast, mm. do you have any final words to give to the people? Um, uh, set, set aside some time. Set aside by an hour. Don't don't cook. Don't be cooking. Don't be doing dishes. I, I, I ask respectfully. Maybe maybe go on a little road trip or something. Go on a little walk. To take your dog for a walk. And pop the, my album on and listen to it in completion if you can. Because that is how I think it should be listened to. And if you do that once, that is all I will ever ask of you. Uh, until I've read another album, actually. But up until up that point, that is all I, ever, I will ever ask for you. If you don't like it, then you can go, this sucks and I'm, I don't need to ever listen to this again. If it, uh, you know, if you're like, this is not an album I would, listen, I would like put on 
or there's, 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 no, there's no song from that show I'd like put on in the car or like work out to but it was a cool experience like watching a movie one time that's also fine I just I just I think the, the, I've, I've been having an irritating time marketing this because it is sort of for this like this niche this album niche that we were in the Anthony yeah. Fantano type things where it's like but like there's not I don't feel really good about one song in particular there's no Bohemian Rhapsody I can put out as a single that's like yeah 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 and then the rest of the album is like it's there's nothing there you really you just have to listen to the entire thing um that's sort of the irritation with it but you were kind enough to do it and review it and I thank you for that and now oh, you're yeah. on the podcast so thank you I was a big fan of it and I just knew the second I heard it and I knew we were in contact I was like damn I want to I want to get in this guy's head and no. I think we did that very well uh, Nathaniel thank you for coming on the Big Fish podcast I really appreciate it yeah this is great thank you thank you for having me this was an incredibly enlightening discussion like I I don't know if you did this on purpose, but I almost have this intoxicating feeling that I need to listen to this album as soon as possible. So if marketing was your job, you did a bang up job. Go go ahead, listen to that thing again. I uh, if you got this far in the podcast, I hope you would listen to it before I spoiled some of my thoughts behind it. But that's that's all right. You gave the this spoilers. Is, you said go listen is, to it before you continue. I did say I did say that, but it was it was halfway through my monologue about it. I think. Um, <laughs> This this podcast is perfect because it's like when you it's like when you you finish watching like Requiem for a Dream and you're like wow that was really um, dark and uh, interesting and let me just YouTube the video essay about this right now so I can have it interpreted for me that's what this is going to be is I I just explain my thoughts I, I just explain what it's about to you so you're like oh that then you go back and listen to it again so no literally exactly you know. because it's i was hoping this would be like some kind of like almost a commentary track to the album and you did a, a phenomenal job with it yeah i think i may do this there's no date for this right now because i'm not professional but um uh there there will soon in the coming months i guess uh be a deluxe version of the album where oh. you get some you get maybe some tracks that were not featured in the final thing. There's, I think, like four or five, like not all of them completed or mixed or mastered or anything, but like, you know, what you'd expect from like tracks that were not featured in the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B sides and um, such. Oh, <laughs> I forgot there's name for him. Um, oh, B sides. Right, the music term. <laughs> B sides. Um, yeah, so you get that. Um, oh, I also want to mention, again, because I'm bad at marketing. Um, I actually made a companion little video game, which you can play on the NathanielPhilip.art, but Nathaniel with a three website. I'm sorry, um, what? So there's a little video game you can go on, and it is the it hosts the music videos. It hosts a little um, DJ mixing program where you can you can play you can it's a, it's a sorry I guess it's a, a stem player really it's a stem yeah, player. I was say the Donda stem player. Holy fucking shit! It's a Donda stem player for the song Paternal Wisdom. Um, and you in addition this is what this is what I have over Kanye. Kanye, okay, you can solo out the tracks. You can solo out the tracks. You can also uh, make certain tracks louder and quieter. The Donda player mixer may do that. I'm not sure. But what it, I don't think it does do is you can actually click each individual track and speed them up or slow them the pitch down and, and res, raise and lower the pitch. You can just sort of fuck around with it and all the all the individual stems. Um, that's there. There's a little. It's 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 basically like a Windows 95 desktop you can play on my website. There's a little like icon for an MP3 player program so you can listen to the album 
on an MP3 player in a fake desktop on your actual desktop. So it's very meta and internet age. What the fuck? Um, is and wrong that is with you. Holy that shit! That is the that is the actual amazing. way to do it. Yeah, and um, then of course you can. There's the two. There's the Correctivism and then the Hello Molly music videos that are featured on my YouTube channel. You can actually interact with. So they're like interactive music videos. Um, so like Hello Molly uh, is like like I said, it's sort of based off forming a crush parasocially in a vlogger. So you're watching a vlogger and there's all these pop-up ads and you can scroll through the video and it's very weird. And there's actually some AI art and all the, all the people are the, all the, all the people in the, the, the game are, or the two people uh, are both AI generated. So the people you see the, the, the woman in the vlog who I'm calling Molly cause it's, or Molly is uh, uh, like a completely AI generated person. And the correctivism guy in the, the, or the, the dad character is also, you get to see the dad, and he is also completely AI-generated. Um, that, again, if I can plug it again, is the Nathaniel Phillip website, which is nathanielphillip.art, and with a three instead of an E, um, you, can go and, you can go and play that. You can go it will be linked it. in the description. Absolutely. It will, will be definitely the be linked in the description. Yes. You, you are the type of person that I have this open, just open-source conversation for you to just spill your guts and we've been talking for an hour, and I feel like I have just barely grazed the surface. Holy shit. There is so much behind this, and I am just... I, I feel, like, proud. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I respect how much you put into this. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking... I've, I just... I love it a lot, and I... So I made it, and I'm doing it, and... Hopefully, I can make this into something more profitable than the no money I'm making now, and not have to get a an actual job. But we'll see how balancing that that goes. Because I'm, yeah, and um, and uh, just as a quick lore note, the song, even though the district kid says I wrote the song Correctivism, because I I did, it is also a cover, um, and I will leave it at that. That's the lore I'm going to leave with that song. Okay. So. It there's a there's a song out there that I actually did cover. Um, so so much mystery, so much explaining, yeah. but so much up to the imagination. I love it. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes. Well, Nathaniel, thank you for coming on the Big Fish podcast. I really appreciate it. And you know who else I really appreciate? Who else do you appreciate? I appreciate the people who are listening to this right now. If you got this far, you yes, must sir. have been completely entranced by the speech that was going on. And you I don't blame been, you at yeah. all. You're in the shower. Your hands are wet. You, you <laughs> can't turn it off right now. And no, bro. They're in know. the shower. They've been standing there for an hour and a, for almost <laughs> an hour and a half. They're, they're in, a, like, in the oh fetal position. God. Is it a fetal position? Yeah. Yeah, fetal. That's where they like curl yeah. up and shit. The, yeah. the water's gone cold, <laughs> but it, it doesn't matter. You're in, no, you're in you, crisis you're in right now. You're intrigued by this, and I don't mm. blame you because I was incredibly intrigued by this. And if you're listening to it in the shower and you're doing a little thing with the YouTube screen, you don't have to do it with the YouTube screen. They also have on Spotify and major streaming podcast services. So if you're on Spotify, it's on YouTube as well. Switch back and forth. It's up to you. The first link in the description is the the uh, the link tree. That's the word I was looking for. It's the link tree so you could watch it anywhere that you'd like. And also, the links to Nathaniel's stuff will be below. His website, his band camp, and his social media. Which one are you most active on? Instagram? Uh, I, yes. Yes. I, Questionable mm, yes. Hesitated yes. I've been trying to get all off of all of them. I think the last, I guess, 
uh, Twitter and Instagram, I think, are the two I use the most. All right, fair. All right, I'll link your Bandcamp and your uh, yeah, do, website. Do, do, do link the Bandcamp. Everybody buy, everybody buy the album. Yeah, um, bro, buy it, bro. Why not? Buy, the, buy that shit. <laughs> spend them, <laughs> spend the money shit. on it. So Spend the money. <laughs> so one last question before we leave. Yes. Nathaniel, what song would you like me to play of yours to outro this? I... Wish I'd thought of this ahead because uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to knee jerk this, but I would, I'm the type of person to think about this for too long. Um, please play for the outro. I'm going to say Cake Wedge because I think that like very loud belt I do at the end will be fun to end a podcast with. Although that being said, I assume you're playing like 20 seconds of it. So the first part of Cake Wedge. The first part of Cake Wedge? Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you stopping by this Big Fish podcast. And as long as you remember that there is multiple different versions of cake smeared on a counter out there somewhere on the ether, then you're good to go. So thank you for watching. I appreciate it. And have a pleasant day. He came downstairs the next morning to find that his father had taken a car and gone. He had assumed his father's wish until they opened and they Thing we had that epiphany.